And it all comes down to this. Two on, two out. Bottom of the ninth, the Farmers lead by one. Full count. Here comes the play at the plate, and it's the Agview Pit! Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Agview Pitch. Today you have Shea Folk with Garrett. And Garrett, I'd love if you could just take a minute here to introduce yourself, tell the listeners who you are and where you operate. Sure. Well, my name is Garrett Brown. Uh, originally hailed from North Dakota. Uh, about two years ago, my wife and I moved uh, from the Valley City, North Dakota area down to uh, Laurel, Illinois. And uh, I'm a farm kid, grew up in northeastern North Dakota, went down to NDSU, worked in grain elevation, and then in the ethanol space for about the five, first five years of my uh, career. And then from there, I got into uh, working with farmers on risk management, helping them to market their cash grain. And uh, now here we are. So, um, yeah. It's nice to be talking to another, uh, I call myself an import into Illinois. Apparently, we wanted <laughs> to pay more taxes and we uh, we followed a lady back to the state of Illinois and this is where we sat. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. There's uh, certainly some changes and, you know, I'm a little different. I have the accent, as, as many on here can probably sense. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, very unique, very out. distinct. Yeah, yeah, very unique. Yeah, I, I, you know, where I grew up, you're uh, you're almost Canadian. There's not too much further you can go in the <laughs> continental U.S. And, and still say yourself on the line. So. Well, Garrett, you said it, not me, so you can't hold that against me. But, <laughs> no, I just wanted to have Garrett on here today to have a little bit of a, a midweek market outlook and – just as a reminder, this is more so just a discussion, not offering any advice to anybody out there. Uh, but we would like to bring value and perspective to the listeners here at the Ag View Pitch. So, Garrett, I was wondering if we could kick it off by talking a little bit, um, you know, as a midweek market outlook here today. What have we seen uh, in the markets up until today? And what are your thoughts as we move into the rest of the week here? Well, you know, as we kind of finished all last week, I maybe start there. We saw a lot of strength, you know, in corn and beans and spring wheat and uh one of the things I was kind of scratching my head on spring wheat is I, you know, the, the crop I think was, was decent, wasn't fabulous, uh, wasn't horrible. I think we had kind of plenty of wheat on hand. We, we came into this marketing year with uh, plenty of stocks. So anyway, long story short, I'm like, okay, what, what's this strength coming from? And there's been some talk in the Black Sea. So uh, fast forward into Monday, I thought, well, shoot, maybe we'll see some, uh, see some carry through uh, from, from Friday. And that did not happen. We saw some, uh, pretty aggressive selling, uh, basically in corn, beans, spring wheat. I think beans were down 21 cents. Uh, corn, I think, was down eight, nine cents, something like that. And spring wheat was down about 16. And so it was definitely a surprise. You know, we've seen uh, a lot of pressure in outside markets. Uh, U.S. dollar has been uh, very aggressively stronger here through the first part of the week. And uh, I guess it, it just kind of makes you wonder what's next now that we have corn sitting on some uh, moving averages and some key support as well as soybeans. So. Right. Any, uh, any major things going on, you know, either across the country or throughout the world that you think will have an impact here as we look into the next three, four days, finishing out the week here? Well, over the next couple of days, obviously, we're going to be watching some of these outside markets. I mean, is there, is there a fear um, of, of growth or, or further contraction here? Um, you know, we are moving into harvest. So the big question is, you know, is harvest pressure going to be enough to overpower the fund buying that's gone on here over the past several weeks? Um, so, you know, will the dollar continue to get stronger and kind of deflate some of this inflationary story? You know, I think that inflationary story is probably a longer term issue. Um, but you can definitely tell that harvest is starting to accelerate. And uh, I guess time will tell. 
right? You know, you and I were talking here offline that uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. a lot easier to look back than it is looking forward, but uh, be interesting when we get four to six weeks down the road here, take a look back at what we were seeing. Obviously, we've seen some uh, price strength here over the last week and a half or so. Uh, and, and I was hoping we could talk about that a little bit. What are your thoughts, um, obviously, with what we've seen here lately, but then even moving into 2021, there's been talk on on pricing. What's the long-term outlook? Are there any other opportunities? And, and a little of me uh, wants to think that maybe that's a little hard to say right now, but there are um, there are some profit margins out there, and I think that's something that producers need to consider. Do you have any thoughts on that, Garrett? Well, I would definitely agree. Now, I guess my outlook on this thing is I, I've been kind of dragging my feet a little bit on this rally might say uh, a little pessimistic, but I guess that was one of those that never really thought we priced in this market. I think on Sunday, uh, maybe it was your Sunday discussion, you know, the talk was, well, it's not ever going to blow $3 corn. It's how far below $3 corn are we going to go? And I guess I was probably in that camp. So it's, it's been a bit of a surprise to see this market um, rally like it has, you know, USDA's latest values. I think they're like a 2.5 billion bushel carryout, which just, quick look here on my spreadsheet puts us at a 17.1% stocks to use. And if I go back and look over history here, um, you know, we're, we're definitely on the upper end here. So seeing some of this farmer seed price fluctuation, you know, month to month of 40 cents a bushel just seems a little bit uh, kind of just a head scratcher, I guess. Um, so with all of this, I've been kind of tending to make sure that we're trying to reward this market. Um, you know, when producers are comfortable trying to average up on some sales and, you know, so I've been kind of slow maybe to go out there and produce or do a whole lot of risk management for this next year. But um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. I think the aggressive hedgers or risk managers here should be, well, really everybody should be uh, sharpening their pencils and looking to see what these margins look like because there, there are opportunities out there from what I can see. Um, but obviously with La Nina, you know, that's getting to be more of a point of discussion here. What's going to happen in South America? You know, things are dry there. Things are dry in the Black Sea. Um, and again, go back to South America. The longer that it takes for them to get moisture, uh, potentially the longer it's going to take for them to really get going planting. Well, if those beans don't get planted, it can push off, uh, you know, harvest down there. And that can, you know, extend some life uh, into the U.S. export program for soybeans a couple of weeks. And obviously, if we're doing a million, two million tons a week, um, that can really add to uh, the front end or the, well, let's say the front end of the export program, uh, uh, the main export program for this season. Uh, and by doing that, it also uh, extends our, or reduces our carryout. So uh, when that happens, obviously, if we have a delayed harvest down in South America, that can also push back their corn planting. So I guess with that, like I said, just, I don't know, maybe been a little bit more conservative and, and just uh, kind of seeing how things are going to play out. And uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. making uh- sure we're not, missing an opportunity here on the front end. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree on that. And then, you know, obviously here in the last 10 days, uh, coronavirus food assistance program version 2.0 rolled out. A lot of producers getting signed up for that. And hopefully they've had a chance to listen to the podcast with uh, Paul Neifer talking about um, what it what it all means, how to get signed up and, and any other information regarding that. When you tie that back into a, a cost of production, it can have a pretty large impact as we um, as we look at those payments that are being kicked out, I think the program's a little bit more straightforward, but again, adding to that bottom line with some of the price points that we've seen here. And so again, you know, uh, Chris talks about it a lot. I talk about it a lot. 
ensuring that we have those margin targets set, knowing when we're in a profitable zone and, and just ensuring that we're, we're making sales when it makes sense for our own operation. Do you have any other thoughts on that, Garrett? No, I wholeheartedly agree. I think a lot of times, like I mentioned earlier, we tend to use that or, uh, maybe as a put option because we don't need to, you know, we can use that to cash flow. We don't need to haul something in. Uh, we can afford to kind of wait and see what happens a little bit. And that's probably not the best way to be looking at it. We should be saying, well, what does that do to our, to our break even? And, uh, going out there and executing on that and, uh, just making sure we're not going to waste that. Cause you know, oftentimes it seems like the market takes whatever that value is, whatever got tossed out there and it ends up removing that value from the market. Anyhow, um, not necessarily every time, but, you know, looking at some of these spreads, spreads have been tightening up both in corn and beans. They may be relaxed through a little bit again the past couple of days, but uh, between that and basis, basis have been tight. I think sometimes the uh, the lack of movement in this extra steel we were talking about, um, so it's basically say the lack of steel with this this government money that's coming in can make a market actually feel a little bit tighter, and it can can almost give you like a false sense of of what's actually out there. Um, so again, just going back to it, I think. The focus here needs to be on on what is our margin, and obviously we we don't know what our margin is if we don't know what our cost of production is. So that's very important. Absolutely. Looking ahead into next week, um, you know, on the thirtieth USDA report coming out. Uh, any last thoughts on what we've talked about here today? And then one one last curveball I want to throw at you too uh, that we didn't discuss beforehand here is uh, China. Anything going on on the China front? How are we looking as we move into uh, well beyond the second half of the year? on on any of the promises that they made what are your thoughts there well china's an interesting animal um you know do they do they come in and start canceling i think i'd heard some rumors that you know they were starting to back out of some sorghum and uh you know i don't know if they're purchasing south american corn or what they're doing necessarily but you know they need the grain they, they'd love to have the grain um whether it be you know the oil seeds or whatever um but obviously they have a, a political dog in this fight too and uh we can all kind of see whether they decide to cancel or they decide to take it. It's just, we don't know which one it's going to be. Um, so there's definitely going to be some risk from that standpoint. But um, as we move, you know, into, uh, you know, further into harvest here, I guess. And as we're watching these sales announcements come through on a daily basis, we kind of have to wonder, okay, at what point have they bought enough and what they are, or at what point are they covered? And uh, as we move into February, looking at the discounts uh, of Brazilian beans versus, American beans, uh, you know, every day we're getting a day closer to that. And it just makes you wonder with that story, are the funds going to continue to buy a 2.5 billion bushel carryout? Even if it's a little bit less, are they going to continue to buy that? Or on the on the soybean front, are they going to continue to push into what is assumed to be a record long, you know, dating back to 2012? And, uh, you know, those are things that we don't know, but those are some risks, especially with harvest that's just kind of getting underway. Uh, you know, in terms of the stocks report here at the end of the month, you know, things have been tight. You know, you keep hearing that uh, folks are having a hard time buying corn, buying beans, getting covered. And, uh, you know, we might have a little bit of a revelation at the end of the month here as to um, how much was actually out there. And and who knows? Maybe this market has, has been actually tighter than we all thought. And obviously that could have an impact on where the WASDE goes here uh, in October. Right. I think you're asking all the right questions. Looking forward to uh, – Staying in touch here, Garrett, as we move through harvest and beyond. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time here. If listeners want to uh, reach out to you, pick your brain a little bit, or if they have any other questions, uh, where can they find you at? Well, I guess they can just give me a, give me a phone call. My number is 701-521-0055. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. 
or my email at uh, gbrown at kodakgroup.com, and that's Kodak with a G. Real good. Thanks again, Garrett. Really appreciate the time, and uh, we'll look forward to staying in touch here. You bet, Jay. Thanks. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Ag View Pitch. We will catch you next time.